St. Warburg's Derby. Has it ever been said to you, or maybe you've said it to somebody, well, you must be the son or daughter of Fred. You are just the spit of them. On occasion, sometimes our uh, family likeness, or sometimes in some people, the family likeness is so strong, they are instantly recognisable as the son or daughter of so-and-so. My friend um, Tanya, she used to give uh, our daughter, eldest daughter Zoe, singing lessons until we moved up here. Um, after the first one, I asked her how, it, how she had got on, and she said it was great, but it was a little bit weird, because every time I looked at Zoe, I felt like I had Phil singing in my face, which for half an hour was a bit much, but poor Zoe, to look that much like Phil, I thought, but I'm hopeful at least she won't go bald by the time she's 30. Some of us, we can instantly tell who the fa- which family we belong to. Some of us, we can't. Um, we may not know our biological family. We may not know that look within our family. Um, it may not be so strong within our genes. But whether we do or whether we don't, are we recognisable as children of God? Is what I want to ask us today. Is that family likeness, that family image, so strong within us that we are recognisable to others, but also to ourselves? Do we recognise ourselves as children of God? Do we know that we are children of God? We have sung it this morning, we have sung it over and over again, and we will continue to sing it through over the next few weeks especially, that we are children of God, we are a child of God. John 1, 12 says that to all who believe and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. That is our identity. That's what we're talking about this term. We're talking about our identity, um, who we are. And first and foremost, we are children of God. That is who we are. Being a child of God is not about age or stage of our life. It's about our source. It's about where we have come from. It is about um, we were, the fact that we were birthed, not built, birthed by God. Who you are is ultimately defined by the nature of who you came from. Verse 13 continues on to say that if we, when we choose to accept and believe in Jesus, we are reborn. Not from a physical birth, of a natural birth, but this rebirth comes from God. So we, when we become a Christian, we are reborn and we, become, we are born again and we become a child of God. We are made in his image and his likeness. So we are, should be recognisable as his children in the way that we live, in the way that we act. Do we reflect the image and likeness of God so that others can see in us, in, in us his goodness, his kindness, his love? Is there anything that distinguishes us as children of God? So we're going to think about that a little bit more. Last week, Phil kicked off this series on identity, um, talking about being a child of God, but he was focusing on the of God bit of the sentence. So the creator God, our mighty, awesome God, that we are children of this mighty creator God. Today, um, I'm thinking a little bit more about the child aspect, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be childlike. It's not necessarily something we like to be called. 
If we say to someone, even to my children, I say to them, you're a child, it's seen as a slightly derogatory phrase. We wouldn't want to be thought of as a child. We want to be thought of as grown up and mature, especially those who are children. But actually, we are called to be and to recognize ourselves as children. So what does that mean? Um, John 1, 12 and 13, I just um, briefly mentioned it, but I will read it again fully. John 1, 12 and 13. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. This is not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. This rebirth comes from God. So we become children of God when we believe and we accept Jesus. We are born again. We take on a new image, a new identity, a new likeness. And that's the truth. And we may well know that in our heads. But how do we accept that? How do we live out this new identity? Well, every good sermon, as you know, has three points. So there are three things. There are three signs to look for, I think. To know our identity, knowing our identity as children of God means that we live with a sense of purpose. We live with a sense of freedom and we live with a sense of relationship. Purpose, freedom and relationship are the three signs we might recognize within ourselves that helps us recognize ourselves as children of God. We're going to flick to uh, Romans 8. Uh, Romans 8, verses 14 to 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures. For everything God gives to his Son, Christ, is ours too. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So we're just going to work through those uh, verses very briefly this morning. Um, Firstly, a sense of purpose. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Being led by the Spirit means giving over control. Like a child being led, we must allow ourselves to be led, to surrender our desires, our nature, our natural inclinations. We need to lay it all down and allow God to rule and reign, which means taking on that childlike um, sense of, of I'm going, to, I'm going to let somebody else set the pace here. I'm going to let somebody else tell me what I need to do, which I don't think many of us find easy to do. Zoe, um, who I mentioned earlier, is our eldest. She's 11. Um, she has a very strong sense of her capabilities in life and has a great love of independence. I think she feels she really should be 18 already. Um, but as an 11-year-old, there are many things she still can't do. If I asked her to drive down to the shops to get some dinner and to come back and cook it for us, she might love the idea of that, um, but she couldn't do it. She wouldn't be able to. And as a child, we have to recognize there are things that we can't do. There are things that don't belong to us to hold. There are things that are only God's to hold. 
And it may be that there are burdens, that there are hurts, that there are wounds, that there are offences that maybe we are holding on to that are not ours to hold on to, that they are God's. He has taken them for us. He has brought forgiveness and freedom. And actually recognizing ourselves as a child of God means recognizing what is God's to hold and what is God's to deal with and what is ours and what we can do and what we can't do. We are not able to bring salvation. That is not our job. Our job may be to invite somebody along or to be a welcoming, friendly face or to be looking out for those around us who need help. But our job is not to bring them to salvation. That is Jesus' job. So sometimes we need to work out what is our responsibility and what is God's responsibility and lay down ourselves, our um, inclination to do it all ourselves. We need to be guided by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, trusting in him. I find this quite difficult. It's not naturally within my nature to allow myself to be led. Um, I didn't say submit in my marriage vows, which is a theological issue that we won't go into now. Um, But uh, so often I can set off headstrong, thinking I know best, Um, It's like going for a walk and thinking, um, starting off all together. And my pace is sometimes a little faster than other paces in our family, not naming any names in particular. And um, suddenly I find that they're all kind of 10 metres behind me. And I'm thinking, well, where are they? We're supposed to be on this walk together. Come on. And then I realise, actually, I've gone the wrong way. And they're all headed off in a different direction. And I'm marching off here on my own. And being led by the Spirit is a little bit like that. We have to lay down maybe our pace, our uh, decisions, our way that we might want to head and allow God to lead us. Knowing that when we do that, it gives us a sense of purpose. Because we are walking in God's way and God's will and God's plan and what he has for us. And it may not look as we'd expect, or as we'd want, or as if we were headed out, then this is the way we would go. But actually, God may want us over there. And it may be different. But also, it is the safest place to be, and it is the most exciting place to be, when we know that we are walking in God's will and God's way. So being led by the Spirit gives us a sense of purpose. It also, being a child of God, gives us a sense of freedom. Verse 15. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. As God's children, we can live not as slaves, but as free. Not fear-filled, anxious, maybe enslaved to other people's opinions, maybe enslaved to what we see on social media, maybe what we believe other people are doing or thinking or have attitudes or expectations that are so much around us so much of the time. Our identity shouldn't be defined by those, but it should be defined by what God says about us. And we are free children. We are precious. We are known. We are loved. We are called. We are accepted and we are wanted. And we need to allow those truths to sink in deep so that those words are stronger than the words that we may hear or we may see in culture, in social media or other people around us who may be telling us a different story. 
And that's far easier to say than it is to do. I know that. But sometimes, one way, I think sometimes the old-fashioned ways are the best. And we've, um, maybe, maybe it's just me, maybe you're good at this, but I think learning memory verses, some of those old-style um, habits and patterns have slipped by the by. And I wonder whether, in allowing God's truth to be the loudest voice in our heads, maybe as we read our Bibles... We ask God to, to kind of prompt us, and if there's a particular verse or a particular truth that he needs us to know, to just kind of give us a prompt, give us a nudge at that moment. And if we ask him for that, as we read the Bible, he will do that. He will show us what we need to know, and then note it down, write it out, put it somewhere where you will see it day in, day out, on a mirror, by the kettle. I would see that a lot by my bed and then move it every so often move it around because when it sits there for a week it's then familiar and we don't notice when it's new you'll notice it again and read it and repeat it read it and repeat it over and over and over again and it sinks in deep phil what's eight times eight 64 well done good job it was a bit of a test moment who learnt over and over again by repetition their times tables they're in deep within us. And I could test somebody else, but it uh, might backfire. We are trying to learn times tables at home, and it's pretty painful. But I, and I remember it being painful when I learned them. But we, we learned them by repetition, by doing it over and over again. And now it is in deep. It is there within us, so that when we are asked, sometimes it might take a moment to recall, but it does come. And uh, God's truths are the same. They sink in deep when we repeat them, when we learn them, when we have it spoken to us over and over again. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So what's in your heart? What are your thoughts dominated by? That affects the course of your life. If your mind is overridden with anxiety, with fear, with discontent, with frustration, with anger, that overflows into our actions, into our words, into the course of our life. And it affects the way our life goes. And instead, we need to allow God's spirit to replace those feelings with his feelings of joy, of thankfulness, of contentment, of peace, of love. So that we are living out of that freedom rather than confined and trapped. So this week it's small steps to change our thinking, enabling us to live with this sense of freedom as dearly loved children. Verse 16, we'll come back to it again in a minute as well. But it says, for his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. So we need to allow the Spirit to speak deep within our hearts, to tell us that we are his children, to remind us of our true identity. So sense of purpose, sense of freedom, finally sense of relationship. As children of God, we have a relationship with our Father God. And verse 15 continues on to say, you should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. We are precious children who are able to come before our Father God 
we are able to become, come before the mighty creator God and call him father. We are given access to so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. Um, about a year ago, um, a good friend of ours took Phil, myself and Amy to the filming of The Late Late Show with James Corden. And we actually went in by the back door. We went backstage. We went into the green room. We had a photo with James Corden. There is a delightful selfie of us all um, there. We had no passes. We had no badges. We had no access all area passes. We had nothing. We just walked in and we went to all these different places that you normally don't ever get to see. We then watched the filming. It was great. Hilarious. He is a funny guy. Um, And nobody stopped us. Nobody questioned us. We just went where we wanted to go because we were with family. Our good friend happens to be James's sister. And so she, because we were with her, we had access. We got anywhere that we needed to go or wanted to go in that place where we normally would have been stopped and barred and got nowhere. We're given access to a place where we never thought we could go. A loved child comes to their parents with confidence and boldness, knowing that they can say or ask or demand, as my children do, anything that they want. When we know we are loved, when we know we are accepted, we come before God with confidence. God is longing to have us turn to him to include him in our lives, to open our hearts to him rather than rushing and distracted. And that's how a relationship is built. I'm sure we've all experienced that moment when, um, particularly with the children, I pick them up from school. How's your day? Good. Everything all right? Yep, fine. That's it. End of conversation. They're not really engaging. They're not really sharing. I've really learned nothing about their day. I don't know anything more about what's gone on. They don't want to engage. They don't want to tell tell me anything. And this is so often how we can be with God We're not engaging, we're not opening our hearts, we're not spending time. Because it takes time and it takes effort to build that relationship. But we've been invited into a relationship with the mighty creator God. Are we going to make the most of that, that opportunity? Recognizing ourselves as a child of God requires us to come before God with a childlike approach. A certainty that we're loved and accepted, but also a boldness, knowing that we can ask. Knowing that he wants to spend time with us, that he doesn't disapprove of us and he isn't disappointed of us. He likes us. He wants to spend time with us. A while back, um, I caught on Facebook as I was scrolling through this Will Smith clip. And um, I thought, oh, Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, this is going to be funny. Clicked on it. And um, it was a part I'd never seen before. And it is um, the Fresh Prince talking to um, Philip, who's the, 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 um, his uncle, that's the word, uncle. Um, and his, his real dad 
has come to see him, but actually has bailed on him again. And they had planned a trip, and it's all fallen through, and the real dad has skipped town. And uh, Will Smith starts off in this bravado. I don't need him. I don't need him. You know, I didn't want to go anyway. He's nothing to me. And then he bursts into tears. And even when I tell this story, it's a film clip, but it... And I remember watching it, and I was sobbing in the kitchen. And he just says, why didn't he want me? And it, you know, it's a story and it's a film, but so many of us, maybe that's our experience. We maybe have had a father who doesn't love us, who didn't want us. And we need to rewire our thinking to know that there is a father who loves you, who wants you, who has chosen you, and who loves you because you are a precious child. He isn't disappointed in you. He loves you. He doesn't disapprove of you. He loves you. Verse 16 says, as I said earlier, for his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. We're able to live as children of God because God's spirit is in us, leading us on, assuring us that the best is yet to come. There is more, there is purpose, there is freedom, there is relationship, there is joy, there is peace. God's children, it says in verse 17, share in his treasures. Galatians 4, 7 says, Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child... Everything belongs to you. Everything is a big word. I don't think we can even get our heads around that. What does that mean? Everything that belongs to God belongs to us. So recognizing ourselves as children of God, knowing that our identity, our image, our likeness is the family likeness. Knowing that we, are rec- that we can recognize that family likeness within us means accepting the treasures that he gives us, the truths that he speaks about us. But it also means the troubles that come with being a child of God. And verse 17 finishes off on a slightly different note. It says, but if we are to share in his glory, we must also share his suffering. And as Christians, we must accept wounds because we follow a wounded Lord. As with belonging to any family, being a part of God's family means that there's good things and that there's bad things. There's highs and there's lows. And as with being part of a family here, we can't pick and choose. We are family. That's it. We're in. We're in for the good. We're in for the bad. And being a part of the family of God means we're in. We're in for the good and we're in for the bad. And so as a family, as a family of God, we celebrate together the victories. We celebrate the good things, but we're there for one another in the tough times. And we comfort one another when it's difficult. And a part of doing that is what makes us recognizable to the world as children of God. That we don't give up. That we don't run away when it gets difficult. So I pray that this week we might bear that family image we might bear that family likeness, that we would know our identity as children of God, that we will be able to live with a sense of purpose, a sense of freedom, and a sense of relationship with our Father God. And we'll be known by those around us as children of God. We'll be recognizable 
by the way that we take hold of the treasures that he has for us, the truths that he says about us, but also by the way that we manage the troubles that this world puts in our path.